Thank you, Dave, Joni, that his wife that's with him, and thank you for presenting the ministry of the Gideons to us today. We're always glad to have you with us, and thanks, Dave, for your, your faithfulness in that ministry all these years, and I'm thankful for uh, what we've heard already this morning as we uh, come closer to coming to communion time. Thank you for Russ and for what he had to say this morning. And just thankful too that Russ has joined the Gideons and I've just seen him catch the vision of that ministry. And, and uh, I've had that myself because before many years ago, I was a member of the Gideons and I uh, just have enjoyed that ministry and trust it, the integrity of it, the money that's gained from that ministry always goes to Bibles and they have distributed millions of Bibles throughout the world for many, many years. In fact, the first Gideon ministry, if I remember right, was in Superior, Montana. And this went from there around the world. Um, happy to have you here with us and remember that. And I would encourage if there's any men in our, men and women in our church that want to get involved in Gideon, see Russ or Dave about that, uh, about being a part of that ministry. This last week, I had the pleasure of teaching up at MWSB and uh, meeting with the students and sharing uh, God's word with them and things from my heart. Uh, thank you, Greta, Courtney, Colton, Colton, and Daniel for leading us in singing this morning. And the other times you've done that, we appreciate that. I don't know if we're going to have more times with you or not, but... Uh, we thank you for the times that you've been here and all the other students that have come through the year and, and joined in fellowship with us. And we'll be praying for you guys as you finish up the year for your trip to Moab and the things you're doing in, in these coming weeks. It's been a pleasure to share with them. I taught a course on evangelism, sharing God's word that uh, when we become a Christian, um, it was never meant for us to keep God's word to ourselves. It's not supposed to be just a private thing. It's always supposed to be something that God has, as Jesus told us, he said, I want you to take what you've learned, the faith that you have in me, the truth that you've learned and take it and give it to other people. Share with what God has done in your life. If he's really transformed you, if he's really become real to you, uh, it's hard to keep that in, I think. And so we just studied a way of communicating that and, and having that on our heart and trying to catch the vision of, of evangelism just in personal relationships and uh, other areas where we may go in life. So we had a lot of fun doing that, I think, and a lot of good times. So today, uh, I want to call your attention to uh, two women as we come to the communion table. Uh, Russ talked about some important things that everybody needs to have in their lives, especially young people. And I think those, a lot of those things transfer over even into our lives as adults. If in Luke 10, you would probably remember a story, and I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm going to go take you to Luke 10, and then take you to John 11. Um, you remember a story in Luke 10, Jesus and his disciples were traveling, and uh, verse 38 says, now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her, into her home. Remember that story, Mary and Martha? Well, you'll remember it, I think, as we go along. When I did my online sermon on, on Saturday morning, I, I told people, if, you haven't, if you're not familiar with these two stories, put it on pause right now and, and go back and read these stories in John chapter, or Luke chapter 10 and John 11. 
but I'm thinking that most of us know these stories, and so I just want to give you sort of an abbreviated parts of it. It's probably Jesus, Jesus traveling along. He's probably going to the village of Bethany because that's where we know that they lived, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Um, we know from John chapter 11 that Jesus loved this, these three people, these two sisters and brother. They were good friends. And just thinking of, of that, when is the last time you invited somebody into your home? And you knew they were coming, you were getting prepared for them. And before they got there, you, you went around and you probably washed dishes and put them away, cups and silverware. You might have gone around in your living room and plumped up the pillows maybe, straightened up things. You might have mopped the floor or maybe you did some vacuuming. Maybe you just you cleaned up the house. You're getting ready for these guests of yours to come. That's sort of the story we get into in, in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is coming. Martha, he's, Martha welcomes him into her house and she wanted everything just right for Jesus as he visited. There's nothing wrong with that. She wanted everything to look good and she wanted to be prepared because she was gonna serve them. Verse 39 tells us that Martha had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Mary was was, was right away, went to Jesus wherever he was sitting. And that would be the style of a rabbi, if you didn't know that, that they would sit somewhere and people would sit at their feet and listen to them as they teach, taught. And Jesus was doing that. I was thinking of that and the story of Martha is preparing things, Mary is listening. And I was thinking of my two sisters, in so many ways, my two sisters are similar. Uh, in fact, they look so alike that some have mistaken them as twins sometimes. But in their love for their husbands, their families, and their friends, uh, my two sisters are so much like my mom, what she was like. But my sisters do have differences, just like many do. Verse 40, Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Martha is getting everything ready. And she, Mary is over here listening. And she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. You can understand that story, can't you? You can picture the scene. Jesus has come to their house. He's gonna be speaking to them and oh, what it would be like to listen to Jesus himself speaking the words that he had written down in this book, the Bible. But Martha, she knows everyone needs food, they need drinks, they need, they have to have beds that are made up so that they can have a place to sleep that night. They, she knows the wash basins need to be filled with fresh water. She probably knows the outhouse maybe needs to be cleaned. There's so much to do. And as she's hurrying around, she looks over and she sees that sister of hers sitting at the feet of Jesus, getting to listen to him while she's doing all the behind the scenes work. And everything that she's distracted with, the, the good things, but she's distracted with, it's making her frustrated. It's getting her angry. Come on, Lord, get on my side in this whole thing. I can picture which one of my sisters would play the different parts. 
I can picture who would be Mary and who would be Martha. Verse 41, but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and bothered about so many things. When you, when you read that, and, and I, try to, I hope I get the right inflection on that, don't you hear the love and tenderness in Jesus as he replies to her, gently calling her back to himself? Thinking of this whole story in, in, in Luke 10, many of us are just the same way, aren't we? We wake up in the morning with our minds filled with the coming tasks, the coming appointments, the deadlines of the day ahead of us, so many preparations that we need to get ready for. Man, we gotta get out of bed, we make that bed, we gotta hit the shower and, and do the things, get, find the clothes that we're gonna wear for the day. There's people to meet, there's phone calls to complete, there's, that rhymes. <laughs> there's places to go, things to buy, things to sell. We're busy so much of the time. We're distracted. Verse 42, Jesus says, and that should give us pause as we read this verse, Martha, there's only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. I read that passage and I think of Martha. I can think of my one sister. <laughs> and I can think of me. And I can think of you. Put your name in there. Take time for what is most important. Important for now. Important for eternity. Time with our Lord to know him and for him to know our hearts towards him. That's what Jesus is saying. John, there's really one thing that's more important than anything else. But that's Luke chapter 10. So let's not leave the account of Martha and Mary with a picture in our mind that Martha was somehow worse off than Mary. And I don't want you to get a wrong impression of my sister also. If she heard me saying that, she might be a little, well, I don't know. We skip over to John 11 and we go to verse 20. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, do you remember, this is a different part now. Lazarus, this brother, has died. And Jesus has delayed on purpose to come because he wants to do a miracle. He wants to show further who he is, that he's God himself come to the world to save us. And Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. There's some things you can read into that. We won't go too far with that, though. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Do you believe this? Martha, there's one thing 
that's more important than anything else in this world. It's that question that Jesus asked his disciples, whom do you say that I am? It's the question that everyone when they enter into eternity is going to be asked by God the Father, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? But listen to what Mary, Martha says. She said to him, she said to Jesus, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the son of God, even he who comes into the world. Did you catch that? I have believed. I have believed in you, Jesus, from the start. I believe in you right now and I always will believe in you. What a statement of deep, intense faith grounded in the one, Jesus Christ, who was able to save us from sin's grasp and save us so that we can walk into eternity with a a knowledge that we're with him forever with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. I think like Martha, we come sometimes to the communion table and we say, maybe we're saying, oh Lord, I've I've let so many things distract me from what is really necessary, what's really important. I have let so many things distract me from time with you this last week. And so Lord, and maybe it should be on our minds right now, our prayer right this moment. Lord, hear me now as I give you my attention, as I give you my worship for what you've done for me. Hear me, Lord, that I too, like Martha, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, our Savior, even He who came into the world to save us. And as we come to the communion table, we're reminded of our need to spend time with Him. The Apostle Paul tells us what we should never be distracted from, what is most important in our lives. When he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. You've heard me say it before, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Learn what's most important, what's important for this life and for the life to come. This last week in teaching evangelism class, I tried to confront the students with the reality that life is short. That we don't know how many days we have in front of us. And that this life, no matter, and I told them, many of you remember, I told them about Steve Mosier, who lived to be 101. And I told them about how Steve told me in those last days of his life, how his life had gone by like that. And yet Steve was ready to enter into eternity because he knew Jesus Christ as his savior. I told them about the fact that we're gonna be in eternity much longer than we are in this life. (laughs) You get that, don't you? And so we come to the communion table with with a seriousness and with a realization 
that Jesus Christ has provided our safety in this life and in the life to come. And what a great time communion is as we come to the table. I'll ask the men to come forward right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our resurrected Lord who, who sits at your side, knowing each one of our names and advocating for us, claiming us, each one of us, as his own because we have put our faith in what he has done. And it's this morning again at the communion table where we are thankful that our Lord, your Son, God himself, if we can grasp that, came to this earth and laid his body on that cross to do it instead of us having to take the penalty for our sin, to give himself for us. And we are so thankful for that. And Lord, we are reminded through Martha and Mary of the importance of our time with you each and every day, through the moments of the day, through the circumstances that we go through, that we can be assured that you who gave your life for us is with us all the time because death could not hold you. Sin could not constrain you. Satan and hell could not keep you. You rose from the dead. You're free of those and you promise freedom from sin and death for each one of us who puts our faith in you and we praise you for that today. And we thank you for the bread that we're about to eat and what it means. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We also are familiar with the story about the Last Supper on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, the night before he went to the cross. And that even knowing that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he, and he broke it and he gave a piece of it to each one of his disciples. And he said, this bread represents my body, which is given for you so that you don't have to take the penalty of sin upon yourself. I'll do it for you. I'll make it so that there's now, now therefore no condemnation in your life because you put your faith in what I've done. And we do that, those of us who believe that, who believe in Jesus, we do that together this morning. And Father, once again, we come before you and we thank you that as Jesus laid on that cross, and that he was put upright and was hanging there on that cross, that his blood was shed. Once again, we realize it was blood that was from you, O Lord, who was sinless, stainless, and that blood, your word says, cleanses us from all sin, that life blood. Blood is the, the essence of life, and yours was sinless and stainless, and, and Lord, we want that blood to cover us and we've put our faith in you, it does. You see us through the shed blood of Jesus and you see us as cleansed from sin and belonging to you and how precious, how precious that blood becomes, as Peter says. More precious than gold or anything in this world. And we thank you uh, for what you've done for us again. In Jesus' name, amen.
Right now, we look at this cup filled with juice, and it represents the blood that Jesus shed for us. And right now, at this moment, we're not distracted. We're thinking about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. I hope that each one of us has that in our minds and it's come down into our hearts, the truth of what that means, that this is real, that Jesus knows that we are sinners, that we are people who have gone astray and gone our own way. Pride has come into our lives and rebelliousness in so many ways. And every one of us knows that we've sinned in some way, shape, or form. And we know that before a righteous and holy God, we need someone who could save us. And the only reasonable explanation in the world is Jesus Christ who came into the world to save us from our sins, to shed his blood on our, on your behalf. We thank him for that and we do it together. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's stand as we close with... We've gone longer. It was Russ's fault. (laughs) Glad that you've stuck it out. And today, because of Jesus Christ, even though sin still affects us, God looks at us as putting our faith in him. If you can understand this, and I hope you do, even though sin still comes into your life, you may say something you shouldn't say, do something you know you shouldn't do, think something that's not right, act in some way that's not right. Your faith in Christ on his finished work, God looks at you through his son's shed blood and he sees you as righteous right now. That's the awesome thing of the gospel. But at the same time, God wants to, what we call sanctify us. He wants to grow us in holiness. He wants to to be more aware of sin in our lives and to grow from it. Why? So that when our life is over, we are ready to step in to heaven and eternity. How wonderful is that? To know our destiny is set. Father, thank you for this morning, all that was shared. Thank you for the, we can come and do this, these things in remembrance of you, of what you've done. We can do this often and it never loses its goodness for us, its awesomeness the sight of what you did for us. May we find time this week, each day, not to be distracted from you totally, but to give you times in our life, our worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Yep, thanks, Justin.